Hello and welcome back to Have You Seen It? I'm Maggie and in this episode I have a collection of short films from Palestine to tell you about. Are you ready? Let's go. So this week I have three short films from Palestine. They are part of a collection that Netflix added a couple of months ago called Palestinian Stories. There are both short films and full films available in that collection. I definitely suggest you go and watch as many as you can. If you search Palestinian Stories in Netflix, they will all come up. I plan on doing another episode with some more films from the collection, but don't wait for that one. Go and watch them as soon as you can. These three short films are all under 15 minutes. The longest is 15 minutes and the shortest is 10, so there's no reason you can't find time to watch them, in my opinion. I tried to choose ones that looked different to try to get some different stories in this episode. I'm going to cover them in order in which they came out. So the first one will be Condom Lead, which came out in 2013. Bon Bonnet will be the second one I talk about, and The Crossing will be the last one I talk about, and they both came out in 2017. Before I get to those short films, Palestine, for those that don't know, is a de jure sovereign state located in Western Asia. Its official name is the State of Palestine. Its sovereignty is disputed by states like Israel and the United States government, which don't recognize it as an official state. However, the United Nations does recognize it as a de jure sovereign state, which means they are officially recognized by the law, meaning they can enforce their own law. And even though the U.S. government does not recognize it as its own sovereign state, they do recognize the Palestine Liberation Organization as the representative of the Palestinian people and the Palestinian National Authority as the governing power of the Palestinian territories, which is like a half-in, half-out approach in my opinion. They just don't want to piss off Israel, and it's ridiculous. And the reason I'm saying the United States government and not just the U.S. is because I think a lot of Americans recognize Palestine as a sovereign state, or at least think it should be given its freedom from under Israel, and the U.S. government doesn't represent the opinions or stance of the American people on this issue. Palestinian territories include the West Bank and the Gaza Strip. Israel is between them, Jordan is to the east of the West Bank, and Egypt is located to the southwest of the Gaza Strip. The West Bank also has the Dead Sea to the southeast, and the Gaza Strip has the Mediterranean Sea to the west. I'll put up a picture, of course, so you can see it all if none of that made sense. And the reason that the West Bank is called the West Bank, even though it is to the east of Israel, is because it got the name in 1948 when it was captured by Jordan and it is located on the western side of the Jordan River. So they called the territory the West Bank, which before I knew that, I always thought the Gaza Strip was the West Bank because out of the two territories, that one is the Western Territory. Three cheers for the American educational system on that one. I'm going to do a map of these films and other shows that I've covered and put them up on Instagram. It's going to get redundant if I do it for each of them, so go and check that post if you want to see that. I'm going to say this now instead of three times throughout. The links to all the websites where I got the information for the show, the fun facts, and any other information that I did not use my memory for are going to be linked in the description of this episode as well as in the caption for the post that I made for the show on Instagram. Let's get into these short films. And the way I'm going to go over them is going to be very different because they are short. I'm not going to get into them too much because for one, the descriptions do a pretty good job of that, but also I still want you guys to watch them. And if I go over every single point of the short films, you might not do that. So I don't want to take away from all of it. The first one, like I said earlier, is Condom Lead. It came out in 2013. It is 14 minutes long. It is rated TVPG. It is a drama. And it was directed by Arab and Tarzan Nasser. 
It is a Made in Palestine Project production, and like I said earlier, it is available on Netflix. It takes place in the Gaza Strip. They don't say exactly where in the Gaza Strip, just in the Gaza Strip. They don't speak in the show, so the only audio you hear is from the television, and there are no subtitles or audio alternatives available because there's no audio. The disclaimers that Netflix has for this film are fear and smoking, and I usually don't say I understand the disclaimer for fear, but for this film, I understand. The cast of this film is three people. The wife, who is played by Maria Mohammadi, the husband, who is played by Rashid Abdel Hamid, and the child, who is played by Eloise von Wollenstein, and she is adorable. She's so freaking cute. The description that Netflix has for this film is, In a parody of the Gaza War, a married Palestinian couple's attempt at intimacy are repeatedly interrupted by the deafening noise of Israeli shelling. I will say that when I saw the word parody, I thought this was going to be a comedy, but it isn't. So for me, I don't think parody is the right word for this, but like the description says, this film is about a couple with a young child trying to be intimate, but they keep getting interrupted by the shelling, which then causes the baby to start crying, which means mom has to get up and come for the baby. And every time they get interrupted, the dad blows the condom up like a balloon, and you see how many times within a 22-day period they get interrupted. I like this film because mainly as an American who has never had to live through anything even close to the constant shelling that Israel does, I never realized or thought about all of the different aspects of one's life that are affected by it. And I would be lying if I said I didn't get emotional watching it. Seeing the baby lying in her crib, not reacting to one of the shellings that appeared to not happen as close as some of the others really got to me. Because this is something that no one especially a baby, should ever get used to. And even though this film evokes a strong emotional reaction of the reality that so many people in Palestine live through every single day, there is a moment that breaks it. One of the condom balloons that the dad blows up and throws lands softly on the baby's head in the crib just as she's about to fall back to sleep. And she lays there for a moment, but then like pops up like, hey, what is that? And she kind of looks around but can't see it in the dark because it's clear. So she goes to lay back down but the condom balloon is right where her head is and she kind of lays on it like it's a pillow for a moment. And then she pulls back up like, what the heck? And tries again before the mom who is standing there the whole time moves it out of her way. And that moment in between all of the others made me laugh for a second. But then the reality of what they live through hits again and then it hits even harder because this cute funny moment with a baby only happened because of the shelling so it just hits you like twice as hard one thing that i will say i really liked that i haven't seen in any other film or show is how they show intimacy in this one because it's not the usual kissing or anything like that and like i said there are no words spoken between them at any point so they have to show in another way that the two of them are in the mood and it's a way that i never would have thought to show it i'm not gonna say what it is but when i saw it i was like that's super clever okay well done this film is so well done and it was the first one that I watched. I did watch them in order and it started off with a bang. Like it was really, really good. I would definitely recommend you all watch it. I have absolutely nothing negative to say. I didn't recognize any of the actors. And of course, because they didn't speak, I wasn't able to learn any words. So next is the film Bonbonet. And 
This film was a pivotal moment in my life. There was Maggie before I watched this 15-minute film, and a changed Maggie forever after I watched this 15-minute film. Bon Bonnet is French for candy. This movie is a Ground Glass 235 production, and it was an official selection of the Toronto International Film Festival in 2017. It is rated TV 14, and I'm a bit surprised by that. I would have thought it was TVMA, but I don't make those decisions. It was directed by Rakan Mayasi. The prison that the husband is at is Shikma Prison, which is located in Ashkelon, Israel. They don't say where the wife lives, but the bus ride to get back to the West Bank is about five and a half hours, so she lives in Palestine, but they don't say exactly where. They speak Arabic in this show. There is some Hebrew, but it's mainly Arabic, and subtitles are available in English, and there are no audio alternatives. The disclaimers that Netflix has for this film is sex, and it is masturbation to be specific. There are four people credited for this film, minus the background actors, but I'm going to mention the two main ones. One, because I don't know why the other two are credited, and two, I have no idea what role one of them plays. But the two main characters are the husband, who's played by Saleh Bakri, and the wife, who's played by Rana Alamuddin. So the description that Netflix has for this film is, with her husband detained in an Israeli prison, a Palestinian woman crafts a daring plan to turn their no-contact encounter into a sweet exchange. And I'm going to be honest. Sweet is not how I would describe their exchange. Hot? Saucy? Risqué? Maybe. But sweet? Unless that has to do with the candy and the candy wrappers, which in that case, I still wouldn't use sweet to describe the encounter. But this film focuses on the social issue of couples conceiving while the husband is behind bars. And to be honest, I didn't know that's what this short film was about until the moment. Because the lead up to the moment, you're like, oh, okay, okay. And then you're like, okay, because they were smuggling his semen out of the prison so that she could conceive and they could have a baby together. Because from what I read online, Palestinian inmates are not allowed conjugal visits, while Israeli inmates are, and there are a lot of rules when it comes to visiting Palestinian inmates that are detained in Israel regardless of why they are in prison. Like, it could be for, like, literally anything. Like, the most minimalistic reason to be in prison to the most extreme, but they are all treated the same which is like fucked up but th some of the rules are only first degree relatives are allowed so children spouses parents siblings and grandparents men between the age of 16 and 35 are not allowed to visit unless they are given a special entry permit which allows them to visit once a year if they are the inmate's brother and twice a year if they are the inmate's son israeli authorities deny hundreds of these permits for no reason every year they say it's for security reasons, but they never give an exact reason why. Families that are allowed can visit every two weeks for 45 minutes, and the only family members that can have physical contact of any kind with their family member are children under the age of eight, and even that has extremely strict restrictions. A prison guard has to be there, and they are only allowed 10 to 15 minutes. So for families that wish to have children despite the husband being in prison, they have to find ways to conceive without those conjugal visits. I'm not going to say how this couple smuggles his semen out, 
but towards the end of their visit, he reminds them that she has six hours before it won't work at all. And like I said, the trip home is about five and a half hours, so she's already under the gun. But then something happens on the way home. I'm not going to tell you what happens or if she's able to make the six hours. You're going to have to watch it on your own. I've already told you a lot more than I did the first film, and I think a lot more than I will tell you about the next film. But that's because, like I said, there was Maggie before Bon Bonnet, and there is Maggie after Bon Bonnet. I will never look at a candy wrapper the same ever again. I can promise you that. But I will say that the film ends with, to this day, Palestinian couples in the West Bank have conceived more than 50 infants from behind Israeli bars. I don't know the other ways to smuggle semen out. I've never tried, but it has worked in the past, which I find to be quite fascinating. And I can't imagine being in the situation where I would have to do this, but you do what you have to do when you want to have a child with the person that you love. I'll be honest, this film wasn't my favorite of the three. It was the biggest surprise, like the biggest left turn, because like I said, I had no idea what was happening until it happened. I was able to recognize Rana Alamuddin, who plays the wife. She was in an episode of Rizzoli and Isles. That's where I knew her from, but I guess she's also been in Sex in the City 2 and The Young and the Restless for years, so I'm sure some of you will recognize her as well. I wasn't able to pick up any words while watching this film, but if you guys are able to, let me know. The last short film is The Crossing. It came out in 2017 and was written and directed by Amin Naifeh, who dedicated it to his grandfather. It is a Oda Films production and is 10 minutes long. It's rated TV-14. It is a drama focusing on social issues. I'm not 100% sure exactly where in Palestine it takes place, but it was filmed in Todkhan, Palestine, and it looks like there is a border crossing there, but I feel like they don't say the exact location because stories like this happen at all the crossings between Palestine and Israel, but that is where I'm going to mark it on the map for where this film takes place because it looks like it's the right place on Google Earth. If I'm wrong, then somebody can correct me and I'll change it, but I think it is supposed to be the border crossing at Tolkien. They speak Arabic in this film. There is no audio alternatives and subtitles are only available in English. The disclaimer that Netflix has for this film is language. The cast for this film is slightly longer than the others. There are three characters that I'm going to mention. The first is the oldest, Mohammed. He is played by Motev Marquez. Next is the middle sibling, Mariam, and she is played by Yara Elham Jarar. And finally, the youngest of the three siblings, Shaddi, and he is played by Nicholas Jarad. The description that Netflix has for this short film is, three Palestinian siblings eagerly attempt to visit their bedridden grandfather who resides on the other side of the separation wall. So we first see Shaddi on the phone with someone. It sounds like it might be a friend, but he's telling them that he won't be coming tomorrow. We don't know where, it doesn't matter where. But the reason is because he's going to see his grandparents and we don't know what the other person says, but from his response, we can guess that they ask how. And Shaddi says that they were able to get permits because their grandfather is sick and they haven't seen him in four years. You can tell how excited Shaddi is to see his grandparents. He kind of has the energy of like a little kid. He's not a little kid, but he's got that energy of like the excitement of like sitting by your window waiting for your family to show up on Thanksgiving. At one point he's telling a joke in the car and he like has to talk to release some of the excitement. Like that's how excited he is to see his grandfather. We see Mariam for the first time as Shadi is on the phone. She comes out to bring in the laundry so she can iron the shirts before they leave. She's excited as well that they got the permits. 
but she has a more anxious feel to her, like she's rushing to get the shirts ironed as Mohammed pulls up to pick them up because she like doesn't want to be late. And Mohammed has a completely different air to him than his younger siblings. He gets out of the car and is annoyed that they aren't ready, and when Shadi shows him what he's going to bring his grandfather, which is a bundle of chard, he calls it rubbish before going in to help Mariam iron the shirt so they can leave. So it's kind of like opposites. We can then see them on their way to the checkpoint, and we see them in the checkpoint, and I'm not going to say what happens with them, but when they arrive, they talk to a guy who says that he waited for 40 minutes just for the guy to deny him entry, and we also see two other gentlemen trying to get through, and I don't know if this is the exact social issue this film is focused on, but it is one of the takeaways I had for the film, and it's that despite the permits that are given to Palestinians by the Israeli government allowing them access into Israel, whether it be for work or to see a sick family member, if they come across an asshole border soldier who's in a bad mood, they won't get through. The permits don't guarantee that the person gets to go through the checkpoint, they just give the person an opportunity to maybe get through the checkpoint, and that is so fucked up to me. What's the point of the permit if the people working the checkpoints get to decide who gets through and who doesn't based solely on how they feel that day? Like. I've never been to a border crossing checkpoint like the one in the film. The closest one I can think of having to go through would be the ones to get into Canada or Mexico, the, like the ones that you have to drive through. And I've never been to Canada or Mexico, and if I did go to either of them, I would probably fly there instead of driving. But I'm fairly certain at those border crossings, as long as you have the appropriate identifications and aren't smuggling something across the border, they let you through. Like, the decision on whether you get in or not isn't up to the border agent unless they catch you doing something illegal, like, again, smuggling something across the, the border. I have been through customs and immigration at the airport and had to do something similar when getting on a train going from, I think, Brussels to Paris, and it was the same thing. Like, yeah, they ask you why you're there and what you'll be doing during your stay, but unless you say something like, oh, I'm smuggling a bunch of cocaine and heroin into your country, or I'm here as a contract killer to kill the CEO of a company that's at fault for killing the child of the person that hired me, you're gonna get through. Like, yeah, they're assholes. Yeah, some of them are rude, but they don't deny you because they're in a bad mood. Like, nobody should be denied the chance to see their sick child just because some Israeli soldier is a piece of shit who's in a bad mood. So again, I don't know if that was exactly the social issue takeaway from this film, but it's one of the biggest takeaways that I had. And I really liked this film. I thought the acting was the best of the three films. There's a moment where the response to what is said is just silence, and it makes the moment that much heavier because there is no need for words. And the silent makes the revelation hit just a little bit harder. There wasn't anything about this film that I didn't like. It was the easiest one of the three to watch while having one of the biggest impacts for me. Like all three had impacts, all three dealt with social issues, but this one, it just for some reason like hit a little bit harder than the other two. Not that the other two didn't, like I said, but this one definitely hit harder. That scene with the silent answer was like, it ruined me. I didn't recognize any of the actors, but I was able to pick up a word and it is asfar and it means yellow. So I'll put that up on Instagram so you can see it written out in Arabic. Um, if I had to put the three in order of favorite to least favorite, it would be The Crossing, Condom Lead, and Bon Bonnet. They were all really good. Again, Bon Bonnet was a little wild for me um, just because I wasn't, I had no idea what the film was about. So when I realized what it was, it, it, it shocked me. Um, 
Again, all of the social issues, the shelling happening in the Gaza Strip, conceiving a child with your partner who's in an Israeli prison, and then for the crossing, the absolute bullshit that innocent, law-abiding Palestinian civilians have to go through just to get through the security wall. Like, again, I'm not going to go off on another tangent, but like that permit that they're given is given to them by the Israeli government. So people way above that piece of shit soldier's fucking head said, yes, they can come through. And because he's a prick, he gets to say entry denied. It is absolute bullshit. But you should definitely go and watch the three of these short films. Like I said at the beginning, you should go and watch all of them. That's all I have for you guys for these films. Like I said before, I plan on doing another episode with some other short films. I know there's at least two more that I want to talk about in another film. And I might do a bonus episode or two on some of the full feature films that are available because some of them look absolutely amazing. If you guys give any of these films a chance, let me know what you guys thought about them. As always, you can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at OfficialHYSI. You can check out the Facebook page at Facebook.com slash OfficialHYSI. And if you have any show suggestions or feedback, you can email me at HaveYouSeenIt1 at gmail.com. I hope you all have a wonderful day and a wonderful weekend. Stay safe and healthy. And I will see you next week where I will be talking about the political drama The Paper from Croatia. Have you seen it? Because I have. <laughs>